morning. Welcome to Excel Church. My name is Pastor Alicia and I'm glad that you decided to join us. We'll be talking about gathering for rhythm. Somebody say that. Gather for rhythm. A healthy rhythm forms healthy habits. And habits are powerful in shaping our lives. And so this morning, I pray that God would give us wisdom to identify unhealthy habits and strength to change them. I'm praying that God would give us sweet fellowship with others this week as we practice the rhythm of gathering together. Somebody say that with me this morning. Gather together. Amen. So welcome back for those of you who were with us on last week for round two of our We Are Gathered Here sermon series. As we get started today, I want to ask everyone to think about some of the habits that you have. Go ahead and think about it. Think about some of the habits that you have. Go ahead and share one of your habits. Now, I know I had shared that I have a habit of waking up in the morning and grabbing my phone and checking to see what's on my agenda, seeing what messages I might have missed, see if my husband sent me a text with any instructions. And I shared that with you, that that's a habit of mine. I know you probably thought about some of your bad habits, but we all have good habits too. Actually, habits are more deeply ingrained than you might think. Listen to this. Habits are our brain's way of increasing its efficiency. You got that? Habits are our brain's way of increasing its efficiency. Our brain turns daily actions and behaviors into habits. So we would do them automatically and without too much thought, thus freeing up our brain power for other more important challenges. The strategy of our brain has wonderful benefits for us. It allows us to function better in life. Just imagine if you had to consider and ponder every single task or reaction, you probably would be exhausted. Good or bad, right or wrong, habits are powerful. Somebody say habits are powerful. In fact, we know it's hard to shake off a bad habit since it takes an average of 66 days before a new habit takes root in our brain. Now, you probably have heard before that it takes 21 days to make a new habit, but it takes three times as long for that habit to take root, to become an integrated part of your life. So with that little nugget of wisdom in your possession, let me offer another one to you. Habits follow cravings as they seek rewards. So for instance, if you really want to stop smoking, but you don't address the cravings 
and the rewards contributing to your habit, then you will have an incredibly difficult time kicking the habit. Similarly, as we desire as Christians to create new habits, healthy habits, we also need to address the underlying cravings and rewards that contribute to them. Do you crave healthy, God-honoring relationships with others? Do you earnestly desire a consistent and powerful prayer life? Are you hungry for a deeper understanding of the word and the teachings of Jesus? Ask yourself this, what would my faith look like if I really craved fellowship, communion, worship, and prayer? How could a healthy rhythm of gathering and fellowship with other believers help you to develop the habits of faith that you've been craving, wanting for so long? These are the questions we tackle in today's message. knew something about gathering together that churches and communities of faith have been modeling themselves after for hundreds of years. If we take a look, turn with me if you would to Acts chapter 2 verse 42. It highlights several things they were specifically devoted to doing whenever they gathered together. As I read this passage, listen for what these things might be. Okay, are you ready? Keep your listening to, I want you to catch what these things were that they were devoted to. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. What did you hear just now? Let me repeat that. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So if you heard teaching, fellowship, 
breaking of bread, and prayer, then you caught what I wanted you to catch this morning. They were devoted to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. That's something that I want us to kind of take in because I know it's very challenging for us at times to figure out what's important and what we want to hold fast to and, and what we want to let go of and, and what we need to incorporate even as we build the church for God. Look at these things again, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. If you caught this, if you recognize this, you'll see that the early church devoted themselves to these things as well. They devoted themselves to teaching, learning, to fellowship, gathering together, to breaking of bread, which we call communion, and prayer. These are the rewards, if you will, of a healthy rhythm. Got that? These are the rewards of a healthy rhythm, a habit of gathering together with other believers. And the early church was devoted to it as I hope that we will be as a church as well. The word devotion is a powerful one. It means to consistently show strength which prevails. Wow. Did you catch that? To consistently show strength which prevails in spite of difficulties. To endure, to stay in a fixed direction. Steadfast. Oof. Do I have any people who are devoted to God this morning? Can you say that this morning? Can you say, yes, I am devoted. I am consistently showing strength, which prevails in spite of the difficulties to endure and to stay fixed on Jesus, to be steadfast. The church was unwavering in their commitment to gather together for teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. In fact, in just a few verses later in Acts chapter 2, verse 46, we see the same word used. The passage says they continued persevered even daily in meeting together. As a comparison, I want you to think about something that you are absolutely committed to doing every day in your life. Think about that for a second. Something that you are just absolutely committed to doing every day, no matter what, in your life. Do you have a habit like that? Some people have a habit where they're absolutely committed that they wake up in the morning and they get a glass of water with lemon slices in it. 
or some people are absolutely committed that they're going to work out uh, five times a week. Is there something in your life that you're absolutely committed to doing every day? Something that has become such a deeply ingrained habit that it's just part of who you are. You don't even have to think about it. It's just what you do. The thing you're thinking about, this is the kind of thing that unwavering devotion, consistent rhythm will do in your life. Is this the kind of habit you want? Can you learn a different way? What are the rewards you gain from this habit? You can answer those questions if you like. How many of you enjoy learning? I know I love to learn. Uh, you probably heard me tell the story before of how when I was a young girl, I would be that person who would ask the teacher for extra papers. And when I would bring these extra papers home, unfortunately for my friends, it was because I wanted to play school when I got home. So I had a land of Barbies, but my favorite thing to do was to play school. And I wanted us to do these extra papers when we got home. I actually really enjoyed learning. How about you? Do you enjoy learning? The reward of good teaching is learning. And learning the scriptures together with other believers was something that the early church was absolutely devoted to. Learning takes time. It can be difficult. Learning requires your effort and attention. The reward, however, is deeper understanding and knowledge. The Bible tells us that in all of our getting, we should get what? An understanding. So that's our reward if we put forth that effort to learn to study the scriptures. The Bible tells us that we should study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, right? Rightly dividing God's word. So the reward is deeper understanding and knowledge. And I'm not sure I know any follower of Christ who would say that they don't want a deeper understanding of scripture. A, deeping, a deeper understanding of their faith and ultimately a deeper understanding of God. Somebody say, I want a deeper understanding. Come on, somebody say, I want a deeper understanding. And so that's why I don't know if anybody remembers labs. Does anybody remember our life application Bible study? I shared that on Wednesday. Um, I sent that out by text because I wanted you to return to one of our labs that we did a few years ago. And it was such a blessing as I even went back to it. And if you went all the way through that lesson, you saw that I had a special guest and she just gave us some amazing nuggets. And I love how when we continue to hear the word of God, you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As we continue to hear the word of God and as we study the scriptures together, we get a deeper understanding. So I don't know about you, but I'm 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 thinking that we might 
if we catch this revelation through this series that I'm teaching, and if we desire to gather together, I know you all do a lot of studying on your own. I know you have a lot of things that you are uh, reading in your own journals and your own Bible studies, but I tell you, it's something about when we do it together. So I don't know if you're interested in labs, if you're interested in us sparking that back up again, maybe we don't do it as frequently as we did it in the past, but I think we have to consider how can we do this again and come back to studying together. One of my favorite studies that we've done together is when we did the one where we read the, um, we got the, the book, the manual with the 12 weeks and we broke it up into pieces, experiencing God, Bible study. Anybody remember that one? And it was really intense. I know we started off really with a, a huge group and as the weeks went on and as the commitment became uh, more sacrificial, we started to dwindle in numbers. But I'm telling you, if we could catch the revelation of the message that God is trying to impart to us this morning, and if we could become devoted to the things of God, meaning when I started, I'm, I'm excited. But even when that excitement wears off, even when the interest wears off, even when I don't feel like doing it anymore, I'm devoted. Somebody say, I am devoted to continue and to grow and to deepen my understanding. And what we find sometimes is sometimes the greatest treasures are hid at the very end where everybody else has already dropped off. And, and, and that was some good understanding. But sometimes it's that hidden treasure that God has that you have to go all the way to the finish line to receive. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen? So the, we, we've got that piece. The first piece that we covered is learning. So next, number two. Somebody say number two. Fellowship or gathering together. Fellowship. Gathering together. As I mentioned earlier, we learn from Acts chapter 2, verse 46, that the early church was devoted and steadfast and meeting together daily. Woo! They met together daily. Now, I don't know how many of you remember way back in the day, but way back in the day, we used to meet together at 5 a.m. daily on a time. A on the, what do you call it, the telephone conference, where we would teleconference and we would get up at 5 a.m. and we would just pray together and meet together daily. So I don't know, I don't, I don't see y'all jumping up with excitement about hearing more about that, but it's okay. But we don't have to meet together daily. <laughs> we don't have to have a formal service every day like we're doing on this morning. But, somebody say, but, I would encourage everyone to think about getting regular in fellowship with other believers every week. Even if it's not the believers here at Excel Church. Think about ways that you can get regular in fellowship with believers every week. And you know, there's many avenues for doing that. There's different small groups. There's an online Bible study that I had um, participated in. Many of you know we have these apps on our phone. They have 
um, different ways where you can do uh, small groups and, and read together um, on a timeline with other people. Um, we've got book clubs that we can be a part of, um, women's groups, men's groups. I love our small groups. Can I get anybody else out there that will just say our small groups are amazing? We have a wonderful small group ministry between the men's ministry, the women's groups. Now, the women, you know how we would do. We would gather together. Initially, we gathered in our home, and then we began to gather in the upper room. And we would just allow the Lord to just minister to us. First, we would break bread and fellowship but then we would get into the real things of life that we were going through and what the word of God said and encourage one another. We still do that. We do that even in our small groups that we're now beginning to formulate that we're having online. So if you haven't already signed up for a small group, you should do that. You can do that in our app. If you have the church center app and then you download that and you'll be able to see all of the small groups that are available for enrollment and you can even do that on our church's website or you can even say pastor alicia i want to be in a small group um i'm interested just send me the link but i'm telling you there are so many avenues whether you explore them here or just in your community at large but we have to Make this a regular pattern of gathering together. Okay? Somebody say, let's gather together. The third thing that they did was the breaking of bread. Somebody say, breaking of bread, the communion. Woo! How many of you enjoyed our communion at home? Communion at home was beautiful. We did that together at home. And I want you to remember as we did that, what was one of the things that I shared with you? You can continue to do communion at home as a family. And that was such a major revelation to me. It was my understanding as a baby Christian that that was just something we did when it was initiated by the pastor at a church. But as I grew in fellowship with God and as I grew in my relationship with him and understood that communion is something that we can do as a family, you can gather your children together and take communion. Communion is incredibly important. And here's why the early church was stubbornly, and I say that in a positive way, stubbornly devoted to breaking bread together. That, that that was important to them. And we're going to see that coming from the scripture. It says, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim 
the Lord's death until he comes. And you know that's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. So communion is about remembering Jesus. Now, I know you could be thinking to yourself, well, Pastor Alicia, I think about Jesus all the time. I pray my gospel music. I, I pray in my car and, you know, I, I talk and I evangelize and I share. But this is about remembering his life, his sacrifice on the cross, his body broken for you and for me, his blood the marker of a new and final covenant between God and man. This is about his death, his resurrection, and his promise to return again for his church. These are realities for the believer that we simply cannot forget. Somebody say, we cannot forget. We cannot forget. And because communion is implicitly done with others, it follows that we celebrate and remember Jesus together. So I'm looking forward to us remembering Jesus together. Anybody excited about taking communion together again? Amen. Do you feel like it's about time for us to do that? So I want you to begin to prepare yourselves when you go to do your next grocery run. Go ahead and get some grape juice. I know that's not normally on my grocery list. I don't normally get grape juice. But go ahead. Prepare. We're going to take communion together. And so I want you to go ahead and prepare. Get the bread that you want to use for communion. Or if you want to use crackers, get the crackers. Get the grape juice. And let us prepare to take communion together again. Think about it like this. Our common union, the thing that brings believers together all around the world through the millennia is Jesus Christ. And communion is our opportunity to remember him together every time we do it together, all right? So anybody excited about that? Come on, talk to me in the comments. What an amazing gift we have in Jesus through whom we share an eternal reward, salvation. Anybody grateful for salvation this morning? You know, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I'm inviting you right now from your living room wherever you are watching this, whether you're out in the workplace, because we know we have workplace evangelists who are sharing the gospel in their jobs and sharing the gospel in their communities. I'm praying that you are beginning to take this gathering concept to another level and even gathering in your homes with those who you are regularly fellowshipping with. And saying, when well, you come over my house for everything else, why don't you come over my house so that we can gather and hear the word of God together? I don't know who's hearing this. I know that kind of message struck me one day uh, when I was out in the world and I had not accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I just happened to be over a girlfriend's house and she was watching. I'll never forget it. Juanita Bynum, no more sheets. 
And I had not signed up for that. I was planning on doing a whole lot of other things. And she was playing the, 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 the video in her house. And the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And it changed the course of my life. Never underestimate the power of the word of God. Maybe something I'm speaking to you is not really resonating for you this morning. But there's someone that is in your company and God is speaking to them because he used you to turn this on, to put this on the television, to put this on the computer, to play this in the workplace. And so God is doing something that we can't even begin to understand what he's doing. But he has a plan and he has plans for good and not for evil to bring each and every one of us to an expected end. And I want you to know that he has plans for your salvation if you want to receive him on this morning. Maybe you don't want to do it in front of everybody. Maybe you want to do it in private. But we have the number on the screen. When you text this number, we're going to send you a link and it's going to lead you privately through a prayer of salvation. And I want you to, to reach out this morning. I want you to take the action that you need to this morning to begin to receive Christ into your life because he's ready to do a new thing in you. Are you ready to do a new thing? Are you ready to break some of these habits? Are you ready to incorporate some new habits, a habit of serving God, a habit of living for him, a habit of gathering with other believers, a habit of being taught the word of God and learning something new so that you can receive something new. I know when for me, that moment hit. And when it's your time, I know that moment will hit for you. And for those of you who have already had that moment, I know you can celebrate with me this morning. Whew, the new life that we have in Christ, how good he has been. Can I get any witnesses on this morning? Is there anybody who's willing to just say, God has been good to me. I'm so glad I gave my life to him. I want to say that because I don't know about some of you who are watching this, but before I gave my life to Christ, I had all the wrong ideas about that uh, journey. I thought if I gave my life to Christ, I was going to be bored, that I wasn't going to have any fun anymore, that I was it was just going to strip away the rules were going to hit me and it was just going to strip away everything that would bring me happiness and joy. And the devil is such a liar. It was nothing but a lie from the pit of hell to try to stop me from receiving what God wanted me to receive and do in my life. I can't tell you the joy, the peace, the happiness, the blessings, the prosperity, everything that God has done as I have surrendered my life to him. What I had in the past is it pales in comparison to what I've received as a daughter of the King. So I'm just encouraging you this morning, give your life to Christ, amen? And so then the last thing, the fourth thing that we had was prayer. Somebody say prayer. Yes, prayer. Simply put, prayer is an exchange where we make our requests known and God receives them, okay? Let me say that again. Prayer is an exchange where we make our requests known and God receives them. We can do an entire series alone on prayer and we have and we will again. But I will keep this section short and to the point for today. It's a gift 
to pray with others in a community. There's a power when we pray together, when we make our request known together. I'm thinking of one of the ministers in our church, how when she first came to our church and we started involving her in prayer, and I remember her thinking, like, can I pray? Like corporately, like I know I can pray to myself, but the enemy, he does that. He tries to intimidate us where we don't think we can do corporate prayer because we don't know if it sounds good enough. Y'all know you have heard my testimony before of how, yes, I did come from a little bit of a religious background uh, where sometimes I had those kind of thinkings that I had to remove from myself even. And I had to recognize it wasn't like a certain way that the prayer needs to sound, but that it was a sincere communication with God because I had come up in a different environment where, you know, if somebody prayed a specific way, we was like, whoo, that was a powerful prayer. <laughs> but as I began to understand, whoo, thank God for understanding. That's why we're saying, Come on, y'all, step away from religion. Step away from what you heard. Step away from what somebody else said and get into fellowship. Get into um, a relationship with God where he can begin to speak to you and show you the things that are important to him. And what he wants is for you to open your mouth and talk to him. Make your request known to him. That's one of the biggest things that I want you to take away because, you know, a lot of times we're telling everybody else they don't have any power. It was nice that you called them up, but they don't have the power. God has all the power. All power is in his hands. And so as we train ourselves to pray and as we recognize the power of praying together, Ooh, we had a nice uh, amount of people who joined us on prayer on Saturday, but not the amount that we need to see because we need to know that each and every one of you understand the power of prayer. And if you do, then that's something that we need to make it a habit to do. When we were on that prayer line and Minister Gail was leading us in prayer, we were touching and agreeing, we're praying for our land, we're praying for our country, we're praying for our community, we're praying for our church. I don't know about you, but I love seeing my church family. I'm ready for us to be able to come together. We gotta pray, we gotta begin to remove the hindrances that stop what God wants to do in your life. Come on, somebody, as we begin to come together, as we come together and corporately pray, God moves mountains. And so when we begin to take this as a habit, I want us to be in the habit of getting up every Saturday at nine o'clock. You know, I could, I could try to sleep in on Saturday now, but I can't. It's a habit. By at least eight, normally by 830, I'll start waking up. But by 8.45, like if I try to fall back to sleep, it's a habit. The Holy Spirit is like, get up. It's time for prayer. Amen? And so that's what I'm saying this morning. We're going to have some habits, some which are not so good, and others which we're going to have to take discipline ourselves to develop. Do you desire that, though? Do you desire to develop habits that bring you closer to God? 
Do you desire to have a habit of praying with your children? Do you desire to have a habit of waking up and reading your Bible every morning? Do you desire to have a, a habit of gathering together on Sunday, whether that's in person or here online, in whatever format God makes that available to us? Do you desire to gather with us on the phone and pray on Saturday mornings? Then you pray with me this morning. Say, God, come on, help me to desire healthier habits. Help me, show me a new way. I was talking to you guys about the weight loss journey last week, and I'm just so grateful. You know, I know it seems silly, but I lost three pounds, and I was so happy. I said, God, you got to show me a new way. So I'm learning a new way because my habit had been to just eat whatever I felt like eating. If it was there, if it was available, it tastes good, then just eat it. So now I have to develop a habit of saying, wait a minute, how much have I already eaten? Am I eating because I'm hungry or am I eating just because I'm bored or I'm eating because it's there? Am I Now I have to develop another habit. It's like, okay, well, if you just want to eat something great, grab an apple. Maybe you're not even hungry. Drink some, drink some water. And so as I'm working on developing that habit, I'm seeing the results. See, as you begin to develop these habits of focusing on the things of God, you will see results. In fact, when asked for advice on prayer, listen to what Jesus says. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, where does that come from? Yes, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, which we similar, which we which we usually call. The Lord's Prayer. I imagine many of you are familiar with this already. In fact, many of you probably have it memorized from a young age, even as a child. But how many of you have ever thought about the communal nature of that prayer? Did you notice that Jesus didn't instruct us to pray using personal pronouns like me or my? Have you ever noticed that before? Mm -mm. Instead, he uses plural pronouns like our and us. The most famous prayer of all times, turns out, is a communal one. So if not meant to be spoken aloud in the midst of fellowship with others, it is certainly meant to be spoken with the fellowship in mind. Somebody said, we've got to keep fellowship in mind. There is power when we pray with one another. And we are committed to praying together when we come together. Whew. Somebody's saying, i got to commit myself to the things of God. Amen. 
A lot of times people try to get us to commit to things and try to get us all roped up in different things that they got going on. But if we could make this a year where we commit ourselves to the things of God, looking as we're doing this morning at what did the early church do? What did Jesus do? What are the things that they're looking at what the celebrities do or what this politician is doing or what the person who's very popular in our community is doing? What did God want us to do as set forth in the examples that he has given us that we know that we can turn to? I believe by faith that as we are doing that and making it a practice to do that, creating habits that continue to help us to do that, as we said earlier this morning, I'm even thinking about it because it's just who we are and it's just what we do. In conclusion, as we wrap up today, I want to revisit something I said last week. You may remember I mentioned that Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, talks about some people who developed a habit of not meeting together. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Yes, we may have some challenges on how we have to meet together, but let us not give up. Let us meet together in whichever formats are available to us, even as we are doing on this morning. I also said, if you were with us last week, for all the benefits we receive in fellowship that is actually deeper than that. We gather together because it's who we are. We gather together because it's who we are. When adversity comes to our doorstep, when things don't go our way, I remember when um, my father passed and um, my husband and I were in ministry still, we were pastors and my husband he was, you know, like, oh, bang, you know, I understand if you don't feel like coming to service on uh, tomorrow. And everyone was sending their condolences and had full expectation that they would not see me. And so they were very surprised when I chose to go to church that next Sunday because that's what is, I'm in the habit of doing. I'm in the habit of gathering with believers that for me, there's no other place I would rather be. When adversity comes to my doorstep, I want to be covered by my believers that I'm in fellowship with. When things don't go our way, when, when we're confused, when we're frustrated and angry, see the enemy will try to make you think the opposite. That when things are going bad, then that's when you should run. You know, you don't want anybody to know what you're going through. You don't want anybody to know that you've fallen. You don't want anybody to know that you've backslidden. So you, the enemy will try to get you to stay away from the church, stay away from your pastor, stay away from your sisters and brothers in Christ because you know you want to be separate so nobody can see what condition you are currently in. But as I said, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. The enemy will try to make you think, well, I'll just come back when, when we start gathering in person. Anybody had the enemy try to speak that to you? You know, I, you know, I'm not into this online thing. I don't want to be on, on the computer and all that. I'll just, I'll get back 
when we get in person. But see, what will happen is you'll break the habit. You'll be out of the habit of doing the things of God. And so we want to stay in the habit when we are confused, when we are frustrated, when we are angry, when we are sad, when we are lonely. <laughs> That's when we join with other believers in fellowship. And we spur each other on towards love and good deeds because it's who we are. Somebody say it's who we are. While this is true, it's also true that there are numerous and wonderful benefits that we experience when we come together. We learn, we remember, we fellowship, and we pray, just to name a few. The early church was absolutely devoted to these practices, and I've got to believe they knew a thing or two about the habits needed to persevere through life and all its difficulties. So this is my challenge for you this week. Somebody say it's time for the challenge. Identify some of your habits and rhythms. What are things you do every morning, every evening? What are things you do every Monday or every Tuesday or every Wednesday? What is positive about them? And what would you change? If you want to share, feel free to do so. If not, I still want you to go through this exercise of thinking about this. And if you're not in the rhythm of gathering with other believers on a regular basis, can I ask you to consider why this week? Are there things keeping you from fellowship? Are there past hurts, fears, or other things robbing you of the rich rewards of a life lived in fellowship with others? Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for each and every person that has joined us on this morning, whether they caught the last 10 minutes or they were here for the entire message. God, I thank you that you chose to call them and to, to bring them in. And God, I thank you that you have something that you want to do in their lives. And God, I thank you that today you're drawing them near to you drawing them back into fellowship. God, I thank you for giving them a desire again. Hmm. For those who have become lukewarm, God, I thank you that you light a fire in them again to, to seek you, to crave you, to desire you, to desire your word, to desire fellowship, to desire prayer. God, I thank you, Father, for even those who are unfamiliar with all of this, but they know that they desire something other than what they have right now. God, I thank you. I thank you for speaking to their spirit this morning. I thank you for how you're beginning to implant in them a desire, a thirst for you, that they will not stop until they have received everything you desire to deposit the Holy Spirit into their life. Hmm. 
Oh, God, I thank you for how your spirit is moving right now. I thank you for how you're moving in the atmosphere. I thank you for how you're moving in the homes of those who are watching, even in the offices, even in the workplaces. Father, send your spirit near and far and begin to draw your people closer to you. Huh? Because in you, there is safety. Thank you, Father God. I thank you for how you're covering us and how you're protecting us and how you're keeping us from every hurt, harm, and danger seen and unseen. I thank you for how you protect us even through this pandemic. God, I thank you for how you're providing for us even in a time where many are experiencing loss. I thank you for how you are blessing the believers and for how you are taking us to new levels and new depths so that we can continue to serve you and glorify you. God, I thank you for how you give us a desire now that we have never experienced before to begin to share of you and to gather other people together with us so that we can receive you and hear your word and study your word, God. Raise up leaders this in this season right now, Father God, who will take your word and spread the gospel, Father God. Hmm. Raise up leaders who will, will lead small groups and who will pray for your people and who will serve you, God. God, I thank you right now for each and every person in that, that under the sound of my voice who has a desire to be used in a mighty way for your glory, God. Thank you for their assignments. Thank you for dispatching them. Thank you for covering them. Thank you for equipping them for the calling that is upon their lives. Thank you, God, for how you're gathering together families. Thank you for how families who have dissension and division. I thank you for how you bring us back together into the fold oh, so we can be one in you, that there can be unity and harmony in your people. Thank you for gathering together your children, even across this country who are divided by political ideologies and by decisions. God, I thank you that you gather your children uh, back together to serve you, to focus on you, to glorify you. Become against the attempt of the enemy to divide, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this hour. We thank you for what you're doing in Excel. We thank you for the place that you're prepared for us. We thank you for the provision that you've provided for us. We thank you for the protection that you will have for us when we step into your purpose and step into your plan. Ah, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the patience that you're providing us to wait on the promised land. Thank you for the patience that you're providing us to wait on the release from you. Thank you, God, for the patience that you're giving us and the determination and the devotion that you placed on the inside of us to continue to seek you, to continue to gather, to continue to serve, to continue to pray, to continue to fellowship, and continue to glorify your name. These blessings we ask in your holy and sacred name. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say, amen, amen. I pray that you receive these invitations this morning. And I pray that you take the action that is necessary to go to the next level. Because it's time to excel.